Welcome to the Rare Hour with Christopher Valona. Please join us as we talk about the rare disease journey. We'll discuss the who, the what, and the why of rare diseases and the special needs community. We'll also reflect on the highs and lows of some of these awful conditions and how they affect us on a daily basis. We welcome you to the Rare Hour and just know you're not alone. Many of us out there are struggling just like you. So sit back and listen, cry, and laugh. Today on the Rare Hour with Christopher Valona. Today's podcast brought to you by... In today's challenging world, addiction is on the rise. Over 22 million people suffer from substance abuse, causing one in three households to be impacted by addiction. As these numbers continue to increase, it becomes more difficult to find answers. CSG Consultants are here to offer you a new path of solutions to help you. With over 25 years of experience, we share our passion for helping others. We offer you solutions to sobriety, such as referrals for rehab, sober living, sober coaching, or companions. CSG Consultants will help you get out of the problem and into the solution. Our sober coaches and counselors are here to help you achieve the right approach to sobriety. If this seems like a lot to process, we get it. Maybe we start with just a conversation? After all, things do not change until we change. CSG Consultants offers in-person or telehealth visits. Call us at 661-414-4856 to schedule your appointment or visit www.consultingwithcsg.com to book with us today. CSG Consulting. Start making sober steps today. Hey everybody, it's Christopher Valona with the Rare Hour with Christopher Valona. We have a really great show today. Um, I've always been interested in uh, promoting people and uh, especially in the rare disease space, as you know, it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you guys are like me, but I always search through social media accounts and I, you know, I'm not a troll, but I always just kind of go through everybody's accounts that I, that I think is, is a cool chick or a cool guy. And uh, I, I don't know how they do that, but they have like these uh, voiceovers and these funny little things that happen. And, uh, you know, notably like uh, TikTok, Instagram reels and Facebook and all that other stuff. So today on the show, we have uh, a friend of mine, a newly friend out of the, uh, one of my favorite states on the planet, Arizona. And uh, her name is Megan Loden. Welcome to the show, Megan. Hi, thanks for having me today. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, it's very much our pleasure. We're just happy that you found the time going through your resume. You're a very busy lady, aren't you? I have my moments, but I can always make time for fellow rare disease parents and something fun like this. I'm excited. Good, good. We're excited to hear all about it. Um, so uh, I just kind of wanted to just let the listeners uh, talk to you uh, or listen to you and uh, follow you and find you. But let's uh, let's talk about what you really are about. So I'm just going to give you a little quick introduction. So uh, we know that you're a mom to twins. You have identical 18-year-old girls uh, and a 14-year-old son. Uh, you guys live just outside of Phoenix. Uh, which city? Um, in Goodyear, just west of Phoenix. I have to drive through that to get to the campus. Uh, so <laughs> uh, you are most notably known for an advocate for rare diseases and rare disease caregiving. Uh, basically, you have uh, a few things going on in your world. You have a few jobs. You work at Angel Aid Cares, 
uh, which uplifts other caregivers. And you are currently the chair to the Arizona Angioma Community Alliance and treasurer of the HOD Association. Um, that's a lot of stuff, Megan. How, how, how do you do all that stuff and still raise a family? Um, I live by my Google calendar at this point. I just live in my calendar all the time. And I have a my my real job, my paying job at Angel Aid Cares. Um, my boss, Crystal Laughlin, is incredibly supportive and respectful of my time and my family and my other you know, other jobs, so to speak, with the Alliance and with the HOD board. So it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of teamwork. <laughs> and uh, when both of my, when either of my daughters can drive themselves places, it makes my life much easier. But that's, you know, with rare disease, we know that doesn't always last very long. So, but we're in mm -hmm. a season of one kid driving right now. So I'm <laughs> clinging to that at this moment. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So touch base a little bit about Angel uh, Aid. Let's talk about that. Yes. So Angel Aid, I actually found um, through social media. Um, I found that I was just kind of looking for some place where I felt understood and I felt that I could go to share the struggle that I have with parenting these rare kids um, without feeling the pressure of everybody staring at me like something's wrong with me or they feel sorry for me or, you know, it, it's hard to find that balance, someone who gets it um, and will listen without putting their own feelings and judgment <laughs> into it. It's hard. Yeah, and so that? I found Angel Aid and Crystal and um, I was kind of struggling in my career as far as not feeling like I was supposed to be there anymore. Um, I liked my job. My boss was, I mean, you know, my, my, my boss was fine. My coworkers were fine. My, my job description was fine, but I just felt pulled to something else. And when I discovered Angel Aid as this resource for caregivers um, of children with rare diseases, I just kind of started to think maybe it was time for a career shift. Um, and so I just emailed like on the contact us about like a job, like I'd like to send you my resume and maybe chat about a potential position in the future. And a week later, I was hired as the operations manager at Angel Aid. So I get to, you know, contribute in a big picture way to the support of parents of children with rare diseases, caregivers of children with rare diseases, be it parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, siblings, whatever. Oh, that's um, cool. So yeah, I love my job. I love my coworkers. My boss is amazing and super supportive. Mm. And that's how I'm able to make everything else work. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's always nice to have the support of community, but let alone your own boss where you actually have to go put in the hours. I guess that's why you took a job in that space because that's what you do. You, yeah. You're advocating. So that's really impressive. And and tell us a little bit about the, um, the uh, Angioma Community Alliance. Sure. So my daughters were diagnosed with a genetic form of cerebral cavernous malformations called the CRIT1. Um, and they were diagnosed in October of 2020. My first twin had, well, she's technically twin B, but the first surgery twin had surgery in December. And then we were on the road to my second, the second surgery with her sister. 
um, in March. And around that time, I got a Facebook notification from a fellow CCM Crit One mom um, who was in charge of community engagement for the Western region of the Angioma Alliance. And she asked if I would be interested in starting a local one here in Arizona because the Barrow Neurological Institute is like the like there's a couple of places in the U.S. that people flock to for treatment for this particular disease, and Barrow Neurological Institute right in downtown Phoenix is one of them. Um, and the CEO of the hospital actually operated on both of my daughters. He's their neurosurgeon. He does all their follow up. So it was kind of like, why don't we have one here in Arizona? Other states do. We'd like to have one. Would you be able to help? And I was just like, sure. I had no idea what I was doing, um, but I've been doing it since March of 2021. And I'm able to raise awareness and plan, you know, community events. And I've met some fantastic people and parents and patients and caregivers. And I love it. <laughs> Wow. That's incredible. So your, your twin daughters have this rare disease and what is that rare disease called? It's technically they have a crit one deletion. It's um, called familial cerebral cavernous malformations, which means that they have lesions throughout their brain and they can come on their spine and in certain organs, liver, kidneys, spleen, um, that sort of thing. That's horrible. Uh, Yeah. And uh, what what are the symptoms of uh, associated with that? Um, well, we actually discovered their disease because my daughter, um, my twin B, had a seizure at school. She had a tonic clonic seizure for roughly three minutes at school, um, and they she had no history of seizures that we knew of. There was nothing we were aware of, um, and they were sixteen at the time, um, and often that is the first indicator that something is going on. Seizures is often the very first symptom um, that brings someone into neurology or an emergency room situation. And then they kind of go from there. They did an MRI and found that she had um, six lesions throughout her brain and two of them were bleeding and right by her motor and sensory strip. So she had actually been having small sensory seizures on her face, um, just a little area that would go numb um, just for a few seconds and then it would go away. And that just kind of built up to this tonic clonic seizure. Um, and so then we discovered that, um, and this, I mean, it could run the gamut because there are lesions throughout her brain everywhere. So it could be anything potentially most commonly would be, um, seizures and migraines. Um, but it could be stroke it could be paralysis Mm. it could be you can get them in your optic nerves so she has um they do like follow-ups with um an ophthalmologist to make sure because that could lead to obviously blindness um so it could be anything right now currently twin b has no feeling in her left fingertips um from surgery still um again not certainly not the end of the world and she sees it that way. Absolutely. That, you know, she couldn't move her left side right after surgery. So, you know, her left fingertips, you know, it's annoying because she has to wear a glove to curl her hair. (laughs) So, so you're saying that, that up until the age of 16, there was nothing wrong with these girls. 
nothing we knew of. Um, and, and so a seizure sparked an investigation. Yes. And yes. you found that this horrible disease has been just living in your daughter's. Yes. Yep. It's just been living there. They have had migraines from a very young age. Um, We brought them into the Phoenix Children's Hospital Neurology Department. um, And they were so young that she said, you know, you have a family history of migraines. And that's probably, I mean, that's what it is. It sounds like that's what it is. It seems like that's what it is. And we don't. Such such the the blow off. I can't stand people like that. Yeah. You just have headaches. See you later. Next. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did medicate her. They treated them, but it was like, you know, do you want to do an MRI? Like we would have to sedate her. She's four. And I'm like, well, do you think we should? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a neurologist. I have no idea. So it just kind of sat there dormant. My, and then she got older. Well, especially my twin B hers have always been a little bit more severe. Um, they learned to kind of head them off. Um, and twin B has had a couple of fainting spells because children with this are often susceptible to heat exhaustion. Um, and we live in the Phoenix area. So that's, you know, that's a thing here. <laughs> um, but other than, I mean, yeah. that was never, it was like, she has heat exhaustion. I mean, when I first moved here, I dealt with it as well. And it was like, you know, go to the hospital and this huge bill and they're like, drink more water and stay out of the sun. I, you're new here, whatever. So it was like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. I mentioned it and they were like, yeah. Like they didn't fine. give you a playbook when you moved to Arizona. No, they, they did not. They did not. I, I was the same way when I went to college. I was like, whew. It was yeah. 100, 105 at 6.45 a.m. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you know that it's, you know, it gets a little out of hand pretty quickly around here. Right. Yeah. So so this is this uh, this terminology, this crit one, is that just like slang for what your daughters are going? Is this the, the diagnosis? It's what the actual medical scientific oh, I see. term okay. yeah, for that yeah. actual gene. Yeah. And then, so when you said they had a couple of surgeries, they had brain surgeries each? Yes, each had fig- one, yeah. To, to figure out what was going on. And this was after the age of 16, yeah? Or- yeah, this is to remove lesions. Wow. Um, is this an ongoing we- thing? You have to remove yeah. lesions all the time? Um, well, I mean, it's hard to say some people never have surgery. Um, some people live, you know, 70, 80, 90 years and never have any surgery. And I know one man in the, in our Facebook group that has had over a dozen surgeries and he's, you know, in his early thirties. So it's just hard to predict. We don't really know. We just got to keep on the follow-ups, keep on the MRIs and the consults with the surgeon. So how, how rare is, is crit one? Are there, how many others in the world do you think? Um, there it's, it's hard to say, um, tip because it falls under an umbrella, as you well know, like all these things fall, a lot of them fall under something else. Um, it falls under, um, just the sporadic under CCM under cerebral cavernous malformations. Most of them are sporadic, like 80% of them are sporadic, 20% are familial. And then from there, they've broken it down into three genes, crit one, um, the, it would be CCM one, excuse me, two and three. And three is like the most often the most severe, but not always, um, which is the rarest one tends to be the most common, but my daughters have an entire gene deletion as opposed to a mutation. So Mm. it's, I mean, it's just, 
there are so many intricacies, as I don't have to tell you with genetics yeah. that like it's like, well, it's rare. And then this is rarer. And then this is rarer. And, you know, yeah. we don't have much on this particular deletion. Hmm. So we don't yeah. know. Good luck. So, so there, there's no, there's no treatment outside of removing the lesions. There's no surgery treatment. Yep. There's no, there's no surgery's treatment. Oh my That's God. That's it. That's it. Brain surgery is treatment. There's there's we no, can manage symptoms, but that's it. I mean, they take epilepsy medication, um, oh, but to manage fun, the seizure. Yeah. Fun, but there's, yeah. yeah, as you, yeah, yeah, exactly. We all get that. Like, yeah, you're yeah. taking, it's symptom management. It's playing whack-a-mole with the yeah, symptoms. I, yeah. I hate, I mean, I get it, but I hate epileptic remedies for seizure patients. And I, and I know that there's nothing else that we can do. And yep. you know, listen, the keto diet doesn't work for everyone. And well, that yeah. sucks. That just sucks, Megan. I mean, so no cure. The The treatment is constant surgeries. What a stress case for these two beautiful girls. I, I have a picture of the girls because I follow you on social media. Wow. They're just absolutely beautiful. And they're both starting college. Yeah. Yeah. They just started this past Monday. Yep. Congrats, mom. Good job. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and so um, these are from your first marriage. Yes. Yes. And yep. you have a third child from your, your current, My marriage. current marriage. Yes. And talk about, uh, he's a, a boy or a girl yep. or boy. He's 14. He just started high school two weeks ago. Oh, nice. Um, fairly, you know, healthy and, and very much a, a teenage boy. He likes to kind of keep to himself, which, you know, it's, it's hard because you, as a parent, your attention is always divided, but the most attention goes to the kid that needs it most. So twin B's having surgery, everyone else has to take a backseat. Twin A's having surgery, everyone else has to take a backseat. And meanwhile, yeah. I think my son's like, um, so I'm just playing video games. <laughs> so it's hard to split yourself into that many pieces. But my husband oh, yeah. is very supportive and able to really help out a lot and do a lot more heavy lifting than a lot of people's spouses in these situations. So yeah. that definitely helps. I can definitely relate there. Um, you know, the, the backseat mentality. I mean, in the beginning... Uh, as you know, if you, uh, if you follow project Sebastian anywhere, you know, the beginning was like the world stopped when he needed something. And now we just kind of just fuck it. Let's keep going. We just do it. Everybody just deals with it. I have a great support system here at the house and a great son gauge. who was actually an amazing caregiver in training. He'll, he won't, he won't ever understand that, but he, he understands. And, uh, um, wow, that's just, uh, it seems like a lot that you're carrying there. And uh, if we continue down your impressive uh, little bio here, you are now also, uh, let's see, the treasurer of the the HOD Association. Yeah? Yes. Talk a little bit about that. It's the Hypertrophic Oliveri Degeneration Association. Um, one of my very good friends who is my vice chair at the Arizona Community Alliance. Um, she has the sporadic form of my daughter's illness. Um, so she just had like the, the one lesion and they took it out. Um, she has another one, but it's very, it's a very, again, you know, it's not genetic, but I don't know because she has two. So, and that's kind of the marker for it um, is if you have more than one, it's genetic typically. Um, so anyways, she had surgery and it was brainstem adjacent and with brainstem or brainstem adjacent lesions, surgery can result in a form of a brain injury that's called HOD. Um, there's no cure, no treatment. It's very, very, very rare. Um, 
No. It's often, it, it comes from that, but it can come from all kinds of things or just kind of randomly. So that's super fun. Um, <laughs> and there was no patient organization, none. So my good friend, Chris just decided she's like, I, you know, we have to do something. I can't just sit and wait for nothing. Like my, you know, she's yeah. struggling to keep a job and, you know, she has an incredibly husband supportive is very, you know, the husband's supportive, her daughter's supportive, you know, she has a great family and support system, but it's, you know, that's, you know, as you well know, that's not enough. We need treatments. We need cures. That's so a, she started that's, that's, it and here that's I amazing. am. That's amazing. <laughs> that's just, it's, that's amazing. You know, a lot of, a, a lot of buzz in the last couple of years, maybe even sooner than that. Um, it's more like patient, patient advocacy, uh, not waiting for doctors, not waiting for trials, just research patients and, and parents and everyone's just completely taking over all of the data, which yeah. is, uh, which seems like you are doing. Um, so that's, that's crazy. You got three separate entities moving in the same direction in, in rare disease advocacy. You have uh, three wonderful children, a supportive husband, and um, really no time for you. If people were looking into to Megan's life, they would simply say, Jesus Christ, how the hell does this girl do anything? So let's get to this show, which is I'm really excited to talk about. I love, absolutely love your social media. I think it's intelligent. I think it's funny. I think it's uh, it's needed. And I think it's refreshing. And I love your spin on rare disease and how you make fun of it a lot of the time. Um, uh, I was talking to another, uh, advocate and, uh, they want, they want to have stand-up comedians at these conventions about rare disease and, you know, where people would just kind of go, oh my God, I can't believe you're just such an asshole, but you know, people in this space get it. We, we need laughter. So I love, um, I love the fact that you, uh, are doing what you're doing. Um, how did, how did you come into that? I mean, what, I mean, for me, I I have a ton of different social media accounts, but I'm not doing any of that creative stuff. I'm doing this deadpan shit, you know, talking to people, letting them know what we're doing, sharing Sebastian's life, sharing my other business, and just basically just doing this stuff. You've got filters, you've got voiceovers. How did you get into that? And 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 tell me how it all began. <sighs> <laughs> well, first of all, thank you. That's very, very sweet. Um, I, a lot of what you see is just me figuring things out and a lot of, I'm, I'm glad that it doesn't look like it, but I really like, I feel like I have no idea what I'm, I mean, now I'm getting it, but in the beginning, I felt like I had no idea what I was doing um, in my previous life before diagnosis day, as I call it, as many of us call it, you know, before by diagnosis day and after diagnosis day beforehand, um, I was a writer and editor for a twin parenting website. Um, and I did a lot of the marketing and promotions and social media management, um, primarily on Instagram. And so I had never, I mean, I had an Instagram account prior to that, but I never really paid much attention to it. I'd post the occasional, you know, picture of my kid with his dog type of thing, but I was never really into it. Um, and I found a community on social media, you know, in the wee hours of the night, like you were saying, after diagnosis, everything kind of shuts down, like your life stops on a dime. Um, yeah, and it was just, 
you know, like I'm sure you can relate, you know, you're up at three in the morning and you're like thinking about the enormity of what's happening in your life. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I am all alone. Nobody gets this. Nobody understands how I feel and nobody's ever going to get it. And I'm never going to be okay. Like I'm, I can't breathe. <laughs> and that was just like a constant at the first, you know, several weeks, months even where it's just like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? Um, so I'm sitting up, you know, at my table with my laptop and I'm trying to read through like medical journals that I, I don't, I have to get a dictionary to look up words in the definitions of the words. I don't know, like what I'm an ASU dropout. I am not qualified to do this shit. Um, and so I started looking on something led me to a Facebook page, which led me to an Instagram account. And I just kind of went down the Instagram rabbit hole. Um, of rare disease parenting and you know social media has some of the worst of the worst behavior as far as like trolls and nasty mean people that say horrible things but in rare disease it is the most supportive incredible community in the world hands down I have never felt so supported and accepted in my entire life as reaching out to moms, you know, and I had moms answering me probably in a different time zone, but, you know, answering me at two and three in the morning with resources and, you know, this account you should follow and that account and this mom you should talk to and that dad you should talk to and just all these things. Um, and so I just started spending more time on Instagram, reaching out to other moms um, mm. that really, you know, seemed to get it. And then Instagram reels became a really big thing. And I've that, never, that, that, that is your go-to. I, it is I, your reels and your stories. It's it not is. really about your posting. So what, no, what, my what, posts what, what, what is, uh, what is the hand? What's the handle that we can Megan Loden. It's just Megan Loden. <laughs> just Megan Loden. <laughs> super, super easy. You know, I keep it easy. If you know Nothing my name, like kitsy or cutesy, yeah. not, not just nope. Megan Loden. Yeah. Just Megan Loden. Cause I've had it since before I even really yeah. used it, you know? So, yeah. and it was before my, before diagnosis day. So yeah, okay. it's one of those things that's carried through. So, um, so what was the very first reel that you did? Do you remember? Um, I feel like it was one about, I'm not hundred percent positive on this, but I feel like it was one about, cause I started getting really irritated with people regurgitating BS to me, like, well, at least your kid or, well, she doesn't look sick. Well, she'll probably grow out of it. And I was just fuming about hearing all of these people say all these nonsense things to me. And you're expected to just smile politely and pretend like that's reasonable to say to someone in my situation. And I kind of ran out of patience and I started getting really nasty. <laughs> my God, I was, I was just having a conversation with another friend of ours, Effie Parks, about that, about oh, yeah. what, pe what people say. Yes. And they should just keep their mouth shut. Yes. But, but go ahead. Yes. Tell us the story. They should. And Effie and I, we are on the same page with that. We completely are in agreement. Um, you know, but she but she tries to be nice and kind, but at the same time, it's like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Shut up. Shut up. Um, and so my first reel was I found somebody was posting, and it wasn't about rare disease. It was just somebody had posted and it was like, you know, like eight things that, you know you could learn today about, you know, financial future or whatever, you know, financial success or whatever. And it was just like these different things. And I was like, I could come up with eight things that people need to stop saying to parents with children with rare disorders. 
I could think of eight things. So I just did it and I put it out there and it was like 5,000 views in like an hour. Like it just, it was like, wow, people really understand and people were messaging me they were saying you know that's so funny the way you put it with the snark and and i feel like yeah i do everything with humor and so why I'm, not i'm I'm, <laughs> I'm scrolling right now on your page right now and oh there's have, a lot keep scrolling you, you, you just have the the, the snarkiest look in a lot of this shit it's like you're just <laughs> you're either just like over it and you just have to say something so i mean yeah yeah. And I, mean, I can be funny about it and I can laugh about it. But at the same time, like, stop telling people your kid doesn't look sick and they'll probably grow out of it. Stop it. Just stop it. It's rude. And it's not true. Stop. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that, that's the thing. I mean, so I, I look forward to the men and women like you that actually do these, uh, the, the, the advocacy on social media that has some sort of a, of a, of a message of, of, uh, you know, what's really going on. And, uh, you know, I, I was told to do that, but I have this show and I don't know if I can do it, but, uh, you know, I probably you might be a little busy for all that. Okay. It's okay. Well, <laughs> I certainly can, have, I have no, more time I'll... than you for sure. I definitely have more time than you. So, um, at least I think I do, but, uh, no, no, it's a, it's a fantastic, um, mix of like kids and dogs and family and, and husband and, uh, travel and, uh, you know, you're absolutely just beautiful with and without makeup just so you know. Thank uh, you. I Thank can, you. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a great little page. So if you're out there and you're listening, you want to just check out, it's just Megan Loden over on Instagram. And um, some Not of these are, are, well, no, sometimes it's just easier just to be normal and not have a, a kitschy thing. I mean, my God, I mean, I've reinvented this show with three different names. So, and I just finally found it. It just works with me in the rare hour, you know? So this is the, the hour we speak to rare moms and dads and siblings and doctors and patients and teachers and caregivers and anyone else that wants to get on here and share about their lives. And um, I just think it's fantastic what you're doing. Is it, is it, is it hard to do those reels? I mean, I seriously just want to help the listeners understand that. I mean, if anyone has a, a smartphone, probably has an Instagram account and they should just follow Megan Loden just understand about her life and uh, what she's trying to do to save her girls or just spread awareness uh, for other people. But is it hard to get in there and do those things, Megan? It felt very hard and very awkward at first. Um, for me, it was more emotionally hard, like mentally, like it's okay. Like again, going back to, this is an incredibly supportive community the rare disease parenting community, the disability parenting community, they're very supportive. Um, and honestly, I feel like as more time goes on, Instagram makes it a little easier and a little easier and a little easier. Like, you know, I just kind of, the hardest thing for me was finding filters that I liked because I'd be like, I don't want to do like overly filtered things, but I don't always have my eyelashes on. Okay. And nobody needs to see that. Okay. I don't always have my eyebrows on. Okay. Again, nobody needs to see that. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, but you do, you do either one. You're either really I do fixed, some both. Yeah, I do. do fixed or you're just waking up and you're like, okay, I need to say something like this, this one right here. I don't know if I can, if I can get it on the thing. I got to make sure I can hear it. Let's hold on a second. This was, uh, more lies and lies on top of that. <laughs> lies, lies, and more lies. And lies on top of that. 
Mom, it was a good one. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, if you go to, to her page, you'll simply see that the, the, the voiceover is this woman saying lies, lies, and more lies with these pop-ups of this text that simply say, you know, you're not qualified. You can't do this. You have a medically complex kid. And you're just sitting there going, uh-huh. And you're shaking your head. I, I think that to me is more like engaging than a lot of the stuff out there today. I mean, Thank so it, it's Thank really, it's really cool. So, I mean, maybe you could uh, give a tutorial and make some, you know, you know, find some time to help us, you know, figure out how to get your yeah. social media. Right. <laughs> Honestly, I just scroll through until I find something and I'm always looking at it. Like I'm sure you do. And a lot of us are, we're looking at it through the lens of how can I spin this to raise awareness for my child? And, you know, I find things that are, you know, they're talking about real estate. They're talking about hair care. They're talking about being a teacher. They're talking about all these different things. And I'm like, how can I spin this to raise awareness for my daughters and their illness? Right. And I just kind of like, if I can make it funny in the process, great. The message is still there. And that's yeah. part of it is letting people know that it, you can, we can accept our life as it is and find moments of joy and laughter, despite the gravity of the bigger picture of what's going on with our children. I mean, because exactly. honestly, if we lived in that, you and I would never get out of bed in the morning. Oh, just we just stay under would, the blankets, forget yeah. it, it's done. We have like strokes and seizures and heart attacks just to match our kids' illnesses. Yeah, I mean, exactly. exactly. I, I, I I totally agree. We we have to continue the fight, but I think everybody fights a different way. I think everybody finds their niche. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, a lot of my other colleagues they'll they'll do cutesy little jingles and stuff like that, and then there's the the serious, and then there's like the the moms like you're like, yeah, you're gonna keep telling me I can't do it. Watch me do it. You know, and I and I'm the same way. I but you know, men and women, they're different, but uh, this technique I, I, I see is a really cool little trend, especially on, 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 are you on TikTok? I am, but I just <laughs> never got the hang. I don't know why. I just never really, I always forget. I have it. Honestly, yeah. I forget. I have it. So yeah. maybe I, maybe that should be my next project as to like, kind of like, well, I, if you're doing the same thing on reels, you can do on TikTok, you know, yeah. because uh, that's what my daughters tell me all the time. It's yeah. the same. I'm like, okay. Yeah, it is, it, is, it is the same. It's just another platform for you to yeah. spend time on. But uh, yeah, yeah, right. That's part of it. Yeah. Right. Like I have all this time to do that. And of course, you have a lot of time. You have two, you have two rare disease children. You have a, another son. You have a husband. You have three jobs and you have your advocacy. You got your reels and the dog. And then you're living in 112 degree heat with monsoons and you got to batten down the hatches and then you got to right? get, re get ready for the three days of winter. Yes. That's you know, hard. That's hard. That three days of winter is hard. Okay. It, it is the best part of Arizona, right? When those temperatures dip towards like eight, you're like, Ooh, all right. This it's is why of... I live here. Mm -hmm. and, and you said you're an ASU dropout. That's yes. uh, yes. wow. Okay. I didn't even graduate from college and you want to know why this is hilarious. Yes, I didn't we all know. From... Yeah. Why, why, why? Because I couldn't pass college biology hand to oh. God. That is why I didn't graduate. I tried. Mm. I've never passed a biology class in my life. I tried twice in high school and twice in college. And then I was like, to hell with it. And I dropped out. And that was the end of that. And now I could, I mean, you have yeah. to learn all these things on the yeah. fly. <laughs> like if you would have just told me that this would help me and this is why I would, maybe I would have been able to retain some of it. I don't know. Oh um, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't remember my last two years of college anyway. So, um, I so I wasn't missing much. Glad to well, hear it. Well, I was different. I was in a blackout most of the days. 
decided to join. I decided to join the fraternity at the age of 21 because I thought I was going to miss out, and uh, it turns out I missed out on my education. But I still got my degree. I don't know how I did that, but uh, here we are. In, and, and my degree is just in it's in it's a bachelor of arts of uh, you know journalism. You know, go figure. But uh, Megan, wow, what a treat to have you on the show today. I do appreciate your tips and tricks and uh, um, truly praying for your your family and your daughters. Uh, for all you listeners out there, go Google Crit One, um, Angioma, and Megan Logan, uh, because you're going to find that uh, those three have a lot in common. It's spreading awareness, which is what we need. We need more awareness. We need more happiness. We need more laughter. So any final parting shots out? Let me hear it, Megan. What do you got? I mean, I just want to, you know, thank this community, this rare disease community for being so kind and supportive and accepting. Um, and, you know, if you have ideas of things you want to see and want to hear about, let me know. I'm, you know, always looking for new ideas of ways to kind of raise awareness for my daughters and for all the other kids out there that don't have a treatment or a cure and try to find a way to do it and make everybody laugh in the process. So, yeah. True. True that. Um, uh, another thing we could all be doing is like collaborating and going to other groups and learning and stuff like that and symposiums and seminars. I'm going to the Global Genes Conference in September. Uh, I don't know if you are, Megan, but uh, registration is still open. Uh, I, know. I know I have to, I have to go check out these other parents. I, I missed the Batten disease conference just due to the fact that it was just so expensive to fly this year. And I just couldn't figure it out. And uh, so going to get in a car and drive to San Diego and see some rare disease parents like Effie parks and uh, some other great leaders out there at global Gene. So uh, if you guys uh, want to know more about global genes, go to globalgenes.org and uh, just, you know, click on everything. Uh, that's how I taught myself the internet. Click on everything. All right, Megan, that's all the time we have for today. I do appreciate you coming out and enjoying uh, the Rare Hour with Christopher Bologna. Remember, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes, Twitch, Stitch, and all the other great stuff. So um, with that, I bid you adieu. Long live the Sun Devils and go do something good. All right, we're out. Thanks, Megan. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on The Rare Hour with Christopher Valona. We appreciate your listening. If you have a story or want to talk about your journey, please reach out to us at info at projectsebastian.org and put Rare Hour in the subject line. We hope to have you on the show. You can find us at www.projectsebastian.org, on Facebook at Project Sebastian, on Instagram at Project Sebastian One, and on Twitter at Gaga V Project. Don't forget, you can find us on the Clubhouse app too. Just search Rare Disease. Rare Disease.